Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30am sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is a true crime podcast, as the title suggests. So please consider this your warning, that it's not suitable for children. And it probably will contain content that may be triggering to some people. Also, it's an Australian true crime podcast, so Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners should be aware it may contain the voices of deceased people. The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. I think it's fair to say most of us have pretty strong ideas about motorcycle clubs. For one thing, most of us tend to call them bikey gangs. We've heard lots of allegations on Australian true crime about bikey gangs and their involvement in various criminal activities. The Bandidos in particular are considered to be a criminal organisation by the United States Department of Justice 
the Criminal Intelligence Service of Canada, Europol, and the Australian Federal Police. They are literally an outlaw motorcycle club in many parts of the world. But our guest today, Brent Simpson, will dispute a lot of the worst allegations made against them as an organisation. And he would know because he was a high-ranking member for most of his adult life. He'll also make the point that he is no longer a member and hasn't been for many years. It's very difficult for him, though, to extricate himself from his past in the minds of others. I can't stop myself asking him questions about his time in the Bandidos, and neither can the New South Wales police. We'll begin this conversation with Brent explaining to me what his responsibilities were when he was the Sergeant at Arms for the Australian chapter of the Bandidos Motorcycle Club. Well, just basically taking care of things in reference to, you know, keeping things in order in house, you know, just, I mean, I won't go into the whole nitty gritties of it all. It's not who I am. I don't sort of, the police and public know enough about that these days without somebody else adding to it. But, um... Well, I don't. I really don't. I mean, I, 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 my imagination, I mean, part of me wants to make a joke about it. Like as in, yeah. are you the guy who puts up the sign in the kitchen saying, you know, your mother doesn't work here, do your own dishes? Like, well, more, you, you could look at it like that. You're, 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 you know, you're being a naughty boy. You've got to be reprimanded for it and you go sit in the corner. You know, there's a structure within all that sort of um, club. I mean, it's, it's like anything. It's You've got, you know, your hierarchy and you've got, you know, within the club things that have to be heard by, um, the structure, there's rules and regulations. And, you know, as the Sergeant of Arms, you are there to make sure that each of the members accordingly, you know, address to those and um, obviously, you know, able to sort of look after senior members and issues if there's outside issues that may be untoward, that might be coming to the club meetings and so on, that you may need to go and intervene and neutralise conflict. You have structure within a club and, you know, we're talking back in 2009, 2010, now how they're structured today and what goes on in clubs, I can't tell you. I don't have anything to do with that life at all. I, I've got nothing negative to say around it. I mean, the bottom line is if you're going to disrespect or bring the club into disrepute or embarrass the club or any of your brothers or, the you know, the colours that you wear, then... Obviously, there's a consequence for that. Um, no one likes to be looked like, you know, you're, you're a piece of shit by anybody's sort of means and eyes. And this is where, the, the once again, the public need to understand, yes, I get it. Okay, we can get on the rant. Bikey shit, bikey this, bikey that. But don't be fooled to think that because someone doesn't get, you know, brought into the public eye and bring some sort of untoward uh, to the club, that that's not dealt with internally or reprimanded. Because you're really mistaken if you think that there's not other consequences outside of the law itself. Okay, that's interesting. So what can you tell us what a public offence that would earn somebody a reprimand inside the club? Like is public violence, for example, does that bring consequences in the club? No, it never was accepted. Yeah, right. No, it was not something that was ever ever taken lightly and it was never something that was accepted. I mean, you know, if you went out, got drunk, carried on, uh, wearing club colours, you know, and started being abusive, humiliating, aggressive towards women or attacking, you know, people, public people, you, you're not, yeah, not acceptable at all. What about the conflict with other clubs? The mythology is that once you're in a motorcycle club, you can't just decide to leave it because that club will say, no, you're still in. And also people, like let's say whichever other club you were in a war with whatever era you were in the banditos that those 
people might still target you, even if you've decided to leave the Banditos. 100%. Look, I've been out of that club life for many, many years. You know, you always got to look and think to yourself that um, who knows, someone might just pop up out of the past and boom, that's your time. It's done. You know, you're, you're, you're done. And that's the life you live because, you know, obviously that's nothing like the life, life I live today and, and, and choose to live. Do I regret living that life in the past? No. I was a kid from a broken home and lived on the streets. I was sexually abused. I was physically abused. Uh, you know, I grew up in a very strong, hard environment of survival. The club life was a brotherhood that attracted me from many, many years ago, you know, since I was like 17, 18 year old. You know, I'm 47 now. So I'm, you know, I'm a much older man. But going back then, it was comfort within brotherhood. And that was pretty much it. You know, it was a family that you never had. I feel that I was just a, a scared, broken young boy that uh, evolved into this angry, aggressive man whom, you know, would later wear a set of colours in a club. Now, I, I truly feel that, that that was who was within that person, you know, and break that down. And that's the truth, you know, that that's the truth. And I feel that there's many, and I think that's why people, you know, do come together and flock together in that respect is we may not have spoken about it back then because it was something, look, it took me, you know, 30-something years to actually voice that I was sexually abused, I was raped as a child. Who wants to say that? And it took me to hit rock bottom before I was comfortable to just say, you know what, fuck it. I'm not here for people to have opinions. I am who I am and I need to be a better human and I need to dig deep into who I am. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
So what made you leave club life? I take your point about it being a brotherhood and a family and uh, certainly for young men who hadn't experienced that in their in their childhoods and in their adolescence. So what makes you choose to leave that? Look, I, I to be honest with you, I had a young female. I had my oldest son's 25, so he was nine turning 10 pretty well. And I hadn't seen him in years. My wife was, we'd had our daughter who was three. She was born vision impaired, so I had a disabled child. And then, you know, here I'm looking at six years for importation. For drug importation? Correct. And then my wife was um, four months pregnant. And for me, I just went, what the fuck am I doing? And, I, you know, look, to this day, I still respect those that were there. I don't have any beef. I'm not, you know, I walk my way and I don't, it's just, it's, it's just not a part of my life, you know. I, 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 yes, it's a part of my journey to where I am today, definitely. But, um, you know, the, the politics and all the bits and pieces around it, it's not something I even delve into. And it took a long time of me just going, how the fuck am I going to get through this? You can't control anything outside of those four walls. And until you understand that and realise that, you find it very hard. And you can sit there and tell yourself it, but to functionally do it, some people just switch off and some people don't really mind doing the time and that's just their life. But if you genuinely have had enough, I mean, I've been in and out since I was 13. I've done, this was now with six years, it added up to 14 years in custody since I was a kid. We can never get back those years. Like I've got an older son that I missed out on the first four years of his life. I didn't see my second son born. I can never, ever go back and, and replace that moment. You know, out of four children, how do you sit there and say, oh, well, look, I'm sorry, you know, I, I chose to be in jail. It doesn't sit well. And he's 13 just recently, you know, and I'm still looking him in the eyes with tears in my eyes on his birthday going, I, I, I started like this. Going, I can't. It's hard, you know, like how do you, you – I, I can't connect in that manner. And we have we talk about it because it, it's it's something that has to be – it's a positive about having that conversation. And, you know, he's amazing and I'm, I'm thank God for that. I really do, you know, because it isn't easy. But they're ongoing traumas that you live with from those choices. So, you know, you're always reminded of your past, you know, and for me, I don't want to be back there. I don't, I don't want, that's not a life that is good for anybody, let alone my children having a role model to look up to, you know, like they've suffered enough when I'd made those choices. And for me, that was the final straw. I just went, this is, this is not my life anymore. It's their life. And I'm just there to guide and assist and protect and give them the best opportunity from a jail cell thousands of kilometers away. In the end, I ended up because I were up in the Gold Coast. I was down at sort of um, Bathurst and, you know, I ended up saying, no visits, don't worry about it. You know, you're not coming with two children, two young children. Like I just said, no. And I, my last 12 months, I pretty well did with no visits. But that was something I had to choose, you know. Um, was it good? I missed them, missed them dearly. I, everyone's going out on the weekend to have their visits with their family and I had, you know, no one. No one really coming to visit at all. I might be lucky if I had a, a so-called buddy that might just pop in, you know, for, for an hour and, and it might have been three, four months in between. But no, I didn't have that in the end. And that was my choice because I felt that the family deserved more respect. So people forget that they do the time, you know, and they're out here trying to keep things going, trying to pay the bills, trying to, yeah, you're in there and sometimes doing it hard in there, but. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you have a wife, your wife is doing it real hard. I got to a point where I felt I'd had enough and I needed to find purpose again. Yeah, I live with type 2 bipolar and PTSD. So for me, you know, it, it, it's a tough road at times, but I, I've managed to 
utilize that in a positive way these days, which has been fantastic. I, you know, was medicated for many, many years. And then coming out of jail after a lengthy sentence, you know, they, they fed you a lot of shit in there to just sort of sedate you, I guess. And I took it to the point where I used that to say, fuck this, I'm walking out of this place a clean-headed man. And that's what I did. When I come home, I had three years parole because I was a federal offender. And I needed a purpose. So I had rung a mate in Perth. He said, oh, when will you come over and visit this and that? And I said, well, one day he said, oh, yeah, he's on your bike, you know, like joking, on your bike, mate. And I said, on me, I said, I said, I'll ride over there one day. He goes, you won't ride. I said, in fact, you know what? Bang, that was it at that moment. I said, as soon as my parole is finished, I'm going to be the first in the world to cycle across Australia from east to west in under 50 days to raise awareness for mental health and suicidality. And that's exactly what I did. Phenomenal for me personally to achieve that. Phenomenal for my children to always know that. And and the thing was not only just to raise awareness, but self-healing, to be able to give something worthy for my children to know about their dad, that he wasn't just this bloke that had been to jail and, you know, had been in the clubs and all this sort of, I don't rate that. Like, that's not who I want my children to look at as a role model. That's who I was, but that's who I am today is this dad that they can look up to and be proud of. That was huge. And then I did Tasmania and went down there. They had the biggest um, youth suicide rate per capita at that stage, two years in a row. Yeah, and it was horrific, you know, so I wanted to bring attention to that. So therefore, I went down there and continued to cycle around Tassie and did that in eight days and got some really good sort of uh, connection and media with the people down there. And, you know, just starting the conversations and letting people know that, well, like I said, you're not alone and it's okay to reach out. I then started a national charity called the Heavy Hitters Foundation. We basically started a, an organisation that was become a registered business and then, you know, an organisation to later becoming a, a national recognised charity that was phenomenal in our groundwork and hands-on, you know, dealing with people all walks of life, you know, and we saved lives. You know, we connected with so many people. I was very proud of that. But due to funding, you know, we ended up self-funding it and it really took us way down, you know, like it really did. It's a tough gig, you know, when you're passionate about something. And that impact was really, really good. And, you know, then obviously looking at that and thinking always a couple of years on, how can I still be involved? How can I help people? How can I continue to bring positivity and not see people go down the paths I went down or, you know, to continue to feel that there's no hope? Well, you're doing it. You know, you are doing it. Doing it and continue to do it. You know, I refuse to lose. Um, You know, I tell my children every day you wake up just today. All I ask of you is just be the best you can be. You know, I've got to be really honest and very proud. My wrongs have been my children's rights. I've never held back from who their dad is, right or wrong, because I felt it's it's something that I've needed to be shared with them in hope that they don't make those choices. If I'm out here supporting others, then how can I not be honest with my own children? Thank you to our guest, Brent Simpson. And don't forget to tune in on Thursday for another special episode with him on Australian True Crime. If you need support after listening to this podcast, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or contact 1800 RESPECT on 1800 737 732 or 1800respect.org.au. Indigenous Australians can contact 13 Yarn on 13 92 76 or 13yarn.org.au. Thank you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime. We'll be back next week.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Australian True Crime, the nation's leading independent true crime podcast, is hitting the road with our live show. We're coming to Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane this July and tickets will be available starting May 10th at 9.30 a.m. sharp. They sold out in two hours last time, so do not dilly-dally. We know the suburbs of Australia are teeming with some of the most intriguing and chilling true crime stories the world has ever heard. Don't miss the chance to dive deeper and get involved with a live Q&A. With over a million and a half downloads monthly, these tickets will sell out. So keep an eye on our social media pages and check the podcast bio for direct links to purchase yours as soon as they're released on Friday, May 10. I can't wait to see you there.